I want to piggyback off of uh, everything that was said here previously. The Lord is going to do great things through his people, not just in lacrosse, but all across this state, all across this nation. He's already doing it worldwide. I kind of want to see that happen here. He is not a different God over there. He is the exact same one. He wants to do that here as well. But we have got to respond to him in faith believing. We have got to. That That's God's prescribed method. That's what, That's how this works. He will not do unless we first do. But if we do, he will release heaven itself. Praise God. Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Those of you that were here last week, this is a familiar passage of Scripture. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And we'll speak for a few minutes this morning on this topic. Where is God? Where is God? If we can pray one more time and ask the Lord to bless his word, the remainder of his service here this morning, that he would continue to have his perfect way with each of us, that his will would be manifest in our presence here this morning. Lord Jesus, we come to you in faith believing that you have awesome things in store, not because we are great people or because we've earned anything good of you, but because you're an awesome God. And for your great name's sake, you will bless your people. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are in awe of you this morning, all that you've done worldwide, all that you're desiring to do. I pray, O oh God, that through the service this morning, that faith would be built, faith would be stirred, faith would be imparted to your people. Faith to do great and mighty things. Hallelujah, Jesus, that we would begin to trust you more and more, that when you say something in your word, we understand it will, it shall, it must come to pass. Hallelujah, Jesus. Pray that your perfect will would be done here in our midst this morning, and that above all else, that your great and mighty name would be glorified here today. And all of these things we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless all of you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Again, this, uh, this passage of Scripture takes place right after the feeding of the 5,000. Faith is relatively high. 
They've just witnessed an awesome miracle. They understood that although the situation was impossible, God was able to meet that need. He was able to meet the situation. Right after that, Jesus told them to get on a boat and go across to the other shore, to the other side, while he stayed behind and sent the multitudes away. Understanding that as we enter this passage of Scripture, the disciples were simply doing what Jesus told them to do. They weren't doing something willy-nilly. They weren't doing something off the cuff. This is what we want to do. They were following orders. They were in the express will of God. Getting onto that boat and crossing to the other side. Jesus didn't go with them, but remained behind. So Jesus kind of sent them on ahead. His physical presence didn't go with them. As the disciples were following the will of God, they encountered a fierce storm. Most of us have been there. We know we're in the will of God. We know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. But all of these things are happening. The disciples, following the express command of Jesus, encounter the storm, and they began, they began to be afraid. It was a tumultuous storm. And in our lives, when we begin to follow after God, and we see so many examples of this in Scripture, we have examples of this in our personal life. When we begin to follow the plan of God for our lives, things don't seem to get better, they seem to get worse. What? If we look at the life of the Apostle Paul, we know that, as far as I can tell, he was in the will of God all the way through. But all kinds of things happened to Paul. I can imagine him in one of his shipwrecks, floating on a piece of wood, Sure is great living for Jesus. I sure do love knowing the plan of God for my life. Understanding what the will of God is for our lives and following through with it does not mean that our life is going to be easy. If we look at the life of Joseph, we see that he was given a great promise. He knew what he was supposed to become. Some kind of big shot, some kind of ruler of some kind, his family was going to bow down and do obeisance to him. But then he got sold into slavery. And then he got thrown into prison. And the one guy that might have been able to help him, obviously he forgot all about me. If we look at the life of King David, anointed king of Israel, But then he went back to the sheepfold. And then he tried to follow the plan of God in service to his king. And all he got was flack for it. Ended up running for his life. Living in caves. His own people wanted to stone him. It's Ziklag. 
This isn't exactly what you promised me. Well, it kind of is. It kind of is. We see that right after the disciples encountered a fierce storm, Jesus began to walk toward them on the water, completely unaffected by the storm, apparently. Just walked right through it, on the water. The disciples, believing the worst, thought it was a spirit. Not only is this storm hitting us, now we got a ghost coming to attack. Now what do we do? Well, Jesus calmed them down. Calmed them down. It's not a ghost. It's me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. <clears throat> when we're in the middle of tough situations, it's easy to assume the worst. It's easy to assume the worst about people. It's easy to assume the worst about circumstances. We get something in the mail. Well, I know what that is. That's another bill. We get a phone call. Great, more bad news. We don't have to answer. We we just know. We just know it's bad news. Mortgage company's calling. We're behind. I don't think we're behind, but now we are. You know how it goes. Nothing's ever good when you're in the middle of a situation. When we're there because of the plan of God, we need to understand something about how God operates, about how God works, especially in our lives. When we are pursuing the will of God for our lives, these things happen, and they happen for a reason. God has great things in store for his people. He does. The promises he gave to Joseph, the promises he gave to David, Those are our promises. He has equally great and precious promises for each of us. He created each of us for a reason. With ministry in mind, with purpose in mind. There are no accidents. If you were unplanned, maybe by your parents, but not by him. He knew you were coming. He made you. And he made you for a reason. The circumstances may not always be the best, but you're here for a reason. And to get you from where we're at to where he needs us to be, we got to go through some things. Things need to be removed from our lives. Things need to be added to our lives to bring us to the place where God can use us the way he wants to. If we look at the life of Saul, we see an absolute dumpster fire of a life. And the reason for that is because he wasn't properly prepared. He came from absolute obscurity immediately to the king of all Israel. And when that happens to someone, they become destroyed. They're not ready for it. They're not properly prepared. That's why the Bible says don't promote a novice. It's for that reason. Not because they don't have talent, they don't have ability. They don't have the character, they don't have the inner inner strength to face what they need to face yet. 
So these things happen for a reason. It's a great reason. It's an awesome reason. When the plan of God in your life comes to fruition, it, it, it'll blow your mind. It will absolutely blow your mind. But we gotta go through some things to get there first. Peter, enough said, right? Peter. I think the reason, you know, he's kind of the, the X factor of this group. You just never know what he's going to do or say. I have a personal opinion as to why he wanted to get out and walk toward Jesus. And it's just that. It's my opinion. <clears throat> I think the reason he said that was because Jesus wasn't seem, didn't seem to be getting any closer to the boat. <clears throat> so if I'm going to be where Jesus is, I'm going to have to go out to him. I think that's why he did that. Maybe, maybe not. But I like that. So I'm going with it. There was a reason Jesus wasn't getting closer to the boat. There was a reason that he he wasn't getting in the boat as of yet. <clears throat> Jesus had something to do outside the boat first. That's where Jesus was working right now. Out in the storm, out in the middle of the lake, on the water. That's where he was working right now. Peter, I think he wanted to be a part of that. There was nothing happening in the boat. Everything was happening outside the boat, out here, in the storm, on the water. There was nothing going on in the boat. So Peter's like, well, I want to be where Jesus is doing stuff. This is dead here. I want to go out there where it's happening. So Jesus, he responded to Peter's faith. It gave him the ability to walk on the water, just like he was doing. The ability to be unfazed by the storm, just like he was. And Peter enjoyed that for a moment. We know the rest of the story. He began to be afraid. He saw the storm raging around him, and he started to sink, and he cried out to Jesus to save him. Jesus immediately saved Peter. Gave him a mild rebuke for his doubt. Now, in our lives, similar things happen, have happened, will happen. We see where God is. We want to be where Jesus is. In a prayer service, before a worship service, our desire is to enter into his presence, yes? We want to be in the presence of God. And sometimes we can feel his presence. Sometimes we can see where he's working. And some very special moments, we get both. We can feel his presence. And we can see that he's working. We can see the effects 
of God working and moving in someone's life in, in, in a service. And so, uh, that's what I, I believe that's where Peter wanted to be, and that's where we want to be. We want to be where Jesus is. We don't want Jesus to come following after us. That's what we don't want. I don't want to tell God my plan and then ask him to bless it. I want to find out what God's plan is and insert myself into that somehow. <clears throat> that's the way to do it. And so wherever Jesus is at, that's where we want to be. But oftentimes, we find that he's, he's not in the boat. The boat is where I'm comfortable. The boat is where I'm safe. The boat is, I know the boat. I know how to work the boat. I know what it can do and can't do. I like the boat. I'd very much like to stay in the boat. But God's not in the boat. He's out there where it's dangerous and where I don't know what's going on. And I'm not safe. But that's where he's at. And we've got to get there too. We've got to understand that God is not in the boat. Not anymore. He's asking us to step out of the boat. Sister Rudy, thank you so much. That was amazing. I want us to be praying about this faith promise service because I think the Lord, He's not only going to bless the missionaries through this, He's going to bless this church as well. He's going to bless you so that we can bless the missionaries. And not just financially either. He's going to bless us spiritually. He's going to bless us numerically. Because this church is going to be a mother church starting other daughter works. That's the plan God has for us. And frankly, we need finances to do that. The missionaries need finances to go and start works in other countries. God's going to provide those through your faith, through my faith, when we respond in faith. But it's going to be, it's going to be unsafe. God is going to ask you to give Numbers that maybe you don't even make in a month. I don't even make this a month. I'm going to pay all my bills and this. Because of God. If God gave you the number, if Jesus said, come. Come out into the, the water with me. Come out into the middle of the storm with me. If he told you that, if he gave you that number, then it's okay to write that down. It's okay to follow after Jesus. If he, let's, let's throw finances out for a moment. If he tells you to do something and you just can't do that. If he asked me to sing or play the piano, ah, uh, yeah. I'd have to hear that again. Because I don't do that very well at all. <laughs> but if God told me to, He's going to give me the ability to do that. Because we both know I don't. 
He knows it, and I know it. So, whatever God tells us to do, wherever God is beckoning us to come, one thing we know for sure, He's beckoning us out of the boat and into a situation we've not been before. A situation we're not familiar with, we're not going to be comfortable with. We don't understand everything going on. And we, like Peter, may begin to sink. But Jesus is right there. And he will save us. He will pick us back up. So don't worry. Don't fear. Don't doubt. Just simply obey. Have a childlike faith in Jesus Christ. And do what he asks. It's always the best. It preaches well. And it's nice coming out of our lips when we're telling somebody else that. But when we have to apply it right here, it's a little bit more difficult, isn't it? But we've got to get there. We've got to get where Jesus is working and where he's moving. Jesus rebuked him for his doubt. Wherefore did he doubt? What was, what was Peter doubting? What did he doubt? When Jesus told Peter to come, Peter knew he'd be able to get to Jesus. He knew that. He knew Jesus wouldn't tell him to come and, and let him sink. He trusted Jesus to do that. He had a relationship with him to the point where he could trust him. that When he said, come, even though it's in the middle of a storming lake, he'd be able to do that. So as the account goes, he jumped over and started walking. No hesitation, no fear, no doubt. He just went. He stepped out of his comfort zone. And I hate that phrase because I, I, I've heard it my whole life. It's typically an extrovert telling an introvert, you need to step out of your comfort zone. I'd like the extrovert to stay locked up in a, in a hotel room for two weeks with nothing but a book. <laughs> See how you do out of your comfort zone anyway. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Uh, where am I? <laughs> so the Lord is asking us, wherever our comfort zone is, to step out of it. To step into something we're not going to know. We're not going to understand. We're not going to be comfortable with. It's chaos. The storm is chaos. We can't order it. We can't situate it so that we're satisfied with it. So that we're comfortable with it. We're just going to have to be comfortable with uncomfort. But that's where Jesus is. He's in the chaos of the storm. That's where he's working, and that's where he wants us to be. That's where he needs us to be. After Jesus was done working, he and Peter came back to the boat, and the storm disappeared. Probably a coincidence. No, it wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> and the... Uh, the last part of the, the passage of Scripture 
is kind of interesting to me. Those who remained in the boat worshipped Jesus for what he did. Those that stayed in their comfort zone, those that were too afraid to go where Jesus was, were too afraid to, to be a part of what Jesus was doing, they sat and they watched it afar off. They watched everything what happened. They saw what Jesus did. They saw the miracle. They saw Jesus come back and, and squelch the storm. And they worshipped him for it, and rightly so. But they had no part of it. They were observers. They were spectators. Now, as a church, we definitely need to worship God for what he's doing, but not because we saw it afar off, not because we observed it from our place of comfort and ease, but because God used us in that process, because God was using us to affect change in that area he's wanting to work in. That's why we can worship him. Because he's doing something awesome, and he wants me to be a part of that. He wants you to be a part of that. All we've got to do is get out of the boat and start walking toward Jesus. Those in the boat saw it from afar off, but Peter was in the midst of it, working with him. In conclusion, don't think you'll find the presence in the plan of God in your plans or in your timetable or on your terms. You certainly won't find his plan in the boat. You'll be comfortable there. You'll be safe there. You'll know what's going on. You know how to work the boat. You know what the limitations are. Everything's structured and ordered. And that's nice. I like structure. I like order. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think God is a God of order. Let all things be done decently and in order. But, those things that Jesus asks of us, those things that Jesus wants us to be a part of, are things that we'll have no control over. They will be unordered. They will be situations that we've never faced before. They will be circumstances that we just don't understand. How is the Lord doing anything good here? But He is. He's doing something miraculous here. That's who he is. He's a God of miracles. And he wants to do the miraculous. If I may be so bold, and I'm throwing myself in here as well, the reason he doesn't, the reason he can't, is because of us. It's because of us. We do not respond in faith. We hold ourselves back when he wants us to move forward. He's wanting us to, to fly and to soar. But that disturbs us and it, it frightens us. I don't want my feet to leave the ground. 
if we're going to enter into the full plan of God as individuals, as families, as a church body, we've got to get rid of that mindset. We've got to get rid of that idea of safety and comfort and, and, and control and I know what's coming next. If God wants to step into a service and have no preaching and have a two-hour worship service or a two-hour altar call, that's his prerogative. This is his service. Absolutely. We're his people. <clears throat> we'll always have a plan, an order of service. In case he decides, just go with what you got. But if he wants to do something else, we'll step aside and gladly. Absolutely we will. In our own lives, we have a, we have a plan of service for our lives. Grow up, go to college, get married. Probably should in that order, but not necessarily. Uh, get a good job, make some good money, and do something for God. If at any time he wants to step in and, and mix that up a little bit, we should feel free and, and confident to let him do that. Wherever we're at in our lives, we need to feel free to let Jesus step in and disturb our plans a little bit. That's okay, because God's plans are far superior to mine. We're going to have a plan. I think we ought to have plans. We ought to have goals, move towards something. One guy told me one time, God can't steer a parked car. <clears throat> we ought to be moving somewhere, and once we start moving, God can steer us where we need to go. If we just sit there and wait for Jesus to move, I will be waiting a while. So, amen. We'll find God when we seek Him with all of our heart. All of our heart, all of our desire, all of our strength needs to be, I want to be where He's at. I want to be doing what He's involved with. And if it means I'm uncomfortable, if it means I've got to step out in faith and believe God is going to do something through me I can't see right now, then so be it. So be it. But I want to see God move. I want to see God use this congregation the way he wants to. He has such awesome things in store for his people. Such awesome things. And I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. I want it to happen this afternoon. But uh, it may not be this afternoon, but it's going to be soon enough. When we go through what, we've need to, what we need to go through, when we've had removed from our lives and put into our lives the things that need to be, church, this is going to blow wide open. And again, it's not, it's not just going to be here. It's going to be all over our movement. Preachers seem to be preaching the same general theme. And I, no one's getting together and hashing all this out. God's talking to people. Let him talk to us this morning. Let's all stand. The plans that God has for us 
are. I think sometimes if he if he told us right out of the gate, we'd we'd never pursue it. Yeah, yeah, we'd walk right out that door. So I think sometimes it's okay that he he reveals things to us in, in stages. I think that's good. It's certainly been good for me. And the things that I have to go through, that we have to go through to get to those stages. I don't want to know those. But they're absolutely necessary. When we go through these things, it's God's desire that we come forth as pure gold. That all of the dross, all of the junk be removed. And all that's left is, is His perfect reflection. His perfect reflection. It's God's desire that we look like Him, that we think like Him, that we see people as He sees them. That we accurately and effectually demonstrate Him to this world. That's God's desire for each of us. What we have to go through to get there, I have no idea. God knows. But I want to go through those things if it means if it means I get to look like Him. I want so desperately to look like Him. For the remainder of our service, this altar is open if you feel comfortable. Otherwise, wherever you're at, altar in place. But find a place to pray. To seek the face of God. He has such good things in store for you. Such wonderful things in store. It's the kind of God He is. We'll never earn anything good from God. We'll never deserve anything good from God. We acknowledge that. We know that. But it is ever His desire to give good gifts to His children. He loves you more than you'll ever understand. He's asking us to go to a a hard place or a place where we're not familiar or comfortable with. We can trust Him that that is for our best. It's absolutely for our best. He is asking us as a church to move into areas that we've not been before. To do things we've not considered before. Lord Jesus, help us to respond to you in faith. Help us to respond to you in faith, Lord Jesus, with obedient faith. 
We will demonstrate to you what we believe by how we act. If we believe the word of the Lord this morning, if we believe what you've been telling us, the direction that you're pointing us to, we will begin to move in that direction. If we can or not, if we have the ability to or not, we'll start moving in that direction. Help us, I pray. Build faith in your people this morning to respond to you in faith. Help us to understand that those things that you tell us, those things that, that you take out of our lives and that you put into our lives are for our best. The direction that you take us is for our best. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Make us to know your will as individuals, as families, as a church body. Find us together as one, I pray. Grant unto this congregation, the congregations all across this movement, the spirit of unity, that we would as one body seek the face of the Lord our God, that we would as one body move in the direction you're pointing us to, that we would as one body fulfill the call and plan of God for this congregation.